I can do it with, I can see today. I can only see because it's going to be on the screen, right? Okay, you guys doing good? You look pretty fabulous in your Team Hallel shirts. Woohoo, go team. All right. Um, the blue, the blue one? Not that one, the blue picture. Did you get? All right, we don't need to pray. The, the word has been blessed. Let's go forward. Um, I was um, talking to um, um, a, one of my mentors. I, I have so, so, so many mentors. It's, it's just an, a, a great opportunity because having some people pray for one, but I have several mentors. And so I got a chance, I was so jazzed, to see one of my mentors, um, Pat Ashley, and she was talking about the relevance of going to church. And, and then um, got to see my dear friend Michelle McKinney-Hammond, um, who has moved to Ghana, and she's starting um, a young adult ministry called Relevance. And so we were just talking about church being relevant, God being relevant, the Bible being relevant. It's like, it has to be relevant. It has to make sense because the statistics are saying that less people are going to church. And so with less people going to church, churches are still opening and doors are still opening. And so I was really beginning to think and I was talking to my mentor and I was like, so what can we do? Um, what, why should we encourage people to go in church? And she was like, we have to do our job. You still have to do your job and explain to people what what is the point of going to church and I got to see these two these two statistics and I thought it was really really awesome about why to go why go to church and this this was just two it was a whole list of um, of uh, of statistics but these two stood out to me they said that people that attend church are 27 percent less likely to be depressed and 35 percent less likely to get divorced 35% less likely to get divorced, 27% less likely to get depressed. Now, it is so true, it is more and more and more than true that number one, not all Christians go to church. It's very true that not all Christians go to church every Sunday, and it's even more true that Christians get divorced. Okay, we can't lie about that. We can't say it's not true. But there is one thing about going to church, and we know that everybody um, in church is in perfect. Church is a hospital. I mean, for lack of a better word, it's just a hospital. So we go, we're looking for this amazing hospital. When I had Grace, I got to go to one of the best hospitals in all of Atlanta, and it was just fabulous and wonderful, and, and it, it, was, it looked gorgeous. The service was gorgeous. They were known for all this stuff. A lot of celebrities that live in Atlanta go to this hospital, but it was in a perfect hospital, you know? But it was top of the line and everything they had, and so we were just like, we didn't have to want for anything. They let us stay too, you know, they were like, you know what, we're just gonna keep you two extra days. They, sent us home with all these pampers. They sent us home with all this extra stuff. We just had this private room and everything was just fabulous. But then when we got to leave and we were putting Grace in the car seat for the first time and we didn't know what the heck we were doing. You know, normally a lot of times a lot of family comes when we were in Atlanta so a lot of our family was still driving in. The woman was like over there talking to her friend and they were like, yeah girl, when you getting off and this thing and that thing. And they were all chatting it up and meanwhile we're like, um, help, we don't know how to get this baby in this seat. And we were just like, you know, really, really strong struggling and we were nervous and we were freaked out. I had just had surgery. And so we're like, um, ma'am, help, you know. So here we are at this amazing hospital, but this woman could care less. But when we went to the, um, when we went to the, uh, what do you call it? The, the tour of the hospital before you have the baby, they were like, and we pride ourselves. And when you leave, we do, oh, we do a six point check of before you leave and to make sure that your car seat fits in the car this way. And we're very strict with this, this, that, and the other. And so 
I'm like, show me the money. I'm here struggling, and sister girl is over there talking to her friends, so she goes, oh, y'all got it, you fine, bye, and then she left. So I'm like, okay, I've had this amazing time having this baby here, but the very thing I needed help with, one of the, major, one of the things I needed help with getting the baby in the car, you've dropped the ball. Did that mean I would tell somebody, oh, never go to this hospital to have this baby, you know? But it's just meant that this one employee dropped the ball in this one crucial area, but overall, yes, I will go back there tomorrow and have another baby. Now, the other thing is, <laughs> the other thing is this, is that um, there's just options. We just live in a city where it's sunshine and 365 for the most part. Very rare rain. We have, we were telling somebody on the East Coast, we were like, the fabulous thing about LA is you can go skiing and snowboarding and then go, uh, uh, what do you call it, surfing all in one day if you wanted to. We just live in a place with great restaurants. Ventura Boulevard is right up here. You can go to the best restaurants. So why spend your time? Why are you guys all here? You have to ask yourself, but there is something powerful about when you come together. Why are you less depressed? Because there's a release that you come. You know, some people do what the words says and lift their hands. Some people sit and cry. Some people just say, God, I got to give it to you. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. But when you come, there's a release and your body experiences these endorphins. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to push through till Thursday. I'm going to push through to next Sunday. I'm going to push through and come again. So there is a value in going to church. And then we have found that there's a value in taking the church outside. But we are very much like Northside Hospital. We might do one thing really, really, really good. But then we might have that car seat area, this thing over here that's not good at all. But it's like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I know, I know, I've grown up in, in church. I've been in ministry for about 25 years. So I know a lot of pastors and a lot of different denominations. And I know some good ones and I know some bad ones. And sometimes when you get people behind, outside of the crowd, from behind the pulpit, just sitting down, they're like, this is the hardest thing ever. Man, you don't believe what we're going through. And if we could just make it to next Sunday, and sometimes it's just like, you're like, I don't know what to do. Maybe they'll just sing all Sunday and I don't have to preach. Or you're like, well, what? A and you can go online if you're a pastor and you can pay on this account and get free sermons so you don't even have to study the Bible. And you could just, they'll download them to you and say, preach this, preach this. And then if you need something else, you can pay $200 more and we'll give you even more sermons. And so you don't really have to study unless you want people to get it, unless you want people to be blessed, unless you want people to fall into at least these two categories, leave less depressed, leave without falling falling apart and getting a divorce, leave with sowing the seed to them. So today we're going to go into, we're not going to do a technical message, but we want to reinforce and show you why you're here. And we want to tell you why we ask you, wear the Team Hallel shirts. It means, it reminds you there's a community. If you don't have a shirt, it doesn't mean that you're not part of the family, but we're just trying to show you why there is a value in coming, why there's a value in seeing kids. It's something that, that, that triggers in you. So, so uh, Nicole, you can go to the next slide. So why is it that people want to pastor you? What does that even mean anymore when most people don't even have access to pastors? When you think about it, you can go to the next one, Nicole. When you think about it, most people who go to most churches are over 500 members. They don't even get to talk to the pastor. They don't even get to see anything. So I was in the car. I got to take Naila and Grace out this week. And Naila said, wow, I'm so glad my family found this church. She said, I've never thought I would ever go to the zoo with my pastor. And I just sit there driving like, 
you know, you just blow off the little things. But I was like, Naila, that just so blessed me. She was like, I get to be with you and I get to learn and see how you are when nobody's around and when we're not in the church. And this is so fun. And I get to go to Starbucks with you and we get to do this. And I'm just like thinking like, you know what? A 13-year-old gets it and is relevant to a 13-year-old. So how can we make sure that it's relevant to everybody? So really, why do we go to church? The next slide um, is some people say they need a community. Stephanie said that yesterday when the women were in the park. She was like, you know what? We have a community, and it's an unusual community because we're bold enough to say, you know what? Church doesn't need to stay out here. Let's go to the park, and let's just talk to strangers. Let's, let's go to a school. Let's go to the senior center. Let's go outside of the building and touch lives. Let's go to the gas station like we're going to do in August. Let's pay for people's glass. Some people are saying, you know what? I just need spiritual growth. Some people say, I just, you know, before some of you guys missed the video in the beginning, but we showed a video about people, a family trying to get to church, and by the time they got there, the little boy didn't have his shoes on, the dad had shaved the side of his head off. I mean, it was like, it was raggedy, but they walked in like, yo, what's up, you know? So it's just, you come in, and some people do it out of tradition, but the tradition days are starting to fade out, because there's a group of kids growing up that, like, you know, I don't know about your tradition. So um, what are your reasons, and are your reasons selfish? You can keep going, Nicole. So this scripture right here, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and I took, we're going to read the NIV version, but I put, pulled out some strategic points, and I just showed it to you what the other translations say. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together. We have to push each other. We have to spur each other on, as some people are in the habit of doing, because some people don't go. Some people, my aunt used to tell me, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in going to church. So I was like, okay, so just as soon as you can like explain to me when the Bible says don't forsake the assembly, I'll get it, but I don't get it yet. But she didn't like people. That's really what it boiled down to. She had a problem with people and she was afraid, okay? She had a phobia about going to the mall. She had a phobia about movies. So there were other things involved. Um, uh, the Living Bible says not neglecting our church meetings. King James says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. The Message Bible says not avoid worshiping what? What does that word say? together, okay? Amplified, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers. You, you need to be in a community with people that believe the same thing as you. you. If you're with your sorority or your fraternity, they believe the same things. If you're with your girlfriends, they believe the same things. Next slide. So um, I wish I had the pointer, but I don't. Now, these days, we're in an era that the old church never saw before. We can go to church right from our bed. We can go to church right on the beach. We can, I remember when the computer thing got big and IBM used to have a commercial about somebody sitting on the beach with their laptop and it, that was just like the big thing you know so my mom and I were doing our annual trip to the um, to the Bahamas and she was like girl we're gonna let's do like the IBM commercial let's take our laptop outside and I'm gonna write my book on the beach I was like I know that's right you know so we were just like oh we were so hyped for the Bahamas and we were the, we were hyped in the OA because we were gonna use our big old clunky heavy laptop on the beach. And so we get out there, we lay out everything, get, oh, get our drinks and get our towels and get our chair and our sun. And then what we didn't realize on the commercial is you can't see the screen when the sun is shining. But oh, it was a great idea at the time. But these days we have iPads, we have iPhones, we have uh, I, Samsung, we have all these things. So what is um, the difference between going versus wa watching? Going versus watching is isolation versus encouragement. By yourself, you can hear it, but there's no accountability. But when we 
hear it all together, then sir's going to look at me and say, now remember you said, sir challenged Pastor Darrell. Dear Pastor Darrell was like, oh, I'm going to play the bass. And then Pat, sir challenged him Thursday night. He said, take the bass. And he was like, no, man, I'm good. He was like, no, you're challenging us to do better. You take the bass and you go home and perfect practice. And, you know, he was like, you know what? You're right, man. That's what community does. It reminds you of something you said. It reminds you, oh, yeah, we said we were going to do this. And so Pastor Darrell took that bass. He was sitting down on the, I'm telling you, he did what you said. And he plugged it up to his earphones and he was plucking away. So next one. And you can move a little quicker, Nicole, if you want to. Matthew 9, 36. This is what God said. Why come to church? When he saw the crowds, when he saw the public, when he saw people at restaurants, when he saw people in the grocery store, when he saw people on the streets, when he saw people driving in traffic on the 405, on the 10, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, a shepherd that, that pushes the sheep together, that causes them to blend and to merge together and to heal their wounds. We talked about that before anointing their ears his heart broke so confused and aimless the people were the message bible says the living bible says what pity god felt for the crowds that came because their problems were so great and they didn't know what to do or where to go to help you could go to a therapist you could go a lot of places but there's something about people you can sometimes see people in agony and they don't know what to do new king james he was moved with compassion on them for they were weary and scattered have you ever just seen somebody tired situation i mean we have to admit we have situations where we don't know what to do we have stuff where if you're we i've been there when you're single when you're going through stuff and you're by yourself i've been there married you're going through something with somebody and you're even more confused so you have these things you can go to the next slide where everyone is harassed. So what God says is, I've created a community. I've created a representation of who I am. We all just took communion, and we broke it, and we snapped it. And so you took a piece. I took a piece. Sir took a piece. Josh took a piece. Uh, uh, David took a piece. Amy, Byron, everybody took a piece. And what God is saying is, break it, break it apart. And Ebony, when you guys eat it, and when you all sit together in the same area, it's like you're merging together and becoming that way for all over again. You're becoming the body. So we all all come in here with all our challenges, all our problems, all of our jobs, all of our strategies, all of our ideas and everything, and we come together. And he said, I created an organization called the church, and I need you to meet frequently, meet. Some, some, some denominations say it's Saturday. Some say it's Sunday. The idea is you got to have a Sabbath, a time where you pull away and look at this where you let your soul catch up, your body catch up with your soul, where you let all the parts of you reconnect, where you let yourself reconnect. So a lot of pastors that I know say, they'll look at you and say, when's your Sabbath? Because unfortunately, Sunday is a work day for us. So we might say, you know, my Sabbath is Friday, and we might say, oh, my Sabbath is Monday. So for a lot of pastors, they're like, we shut it down on Friday. That's when we're with home. Look, don't look for me. I'm at the movies. Don't look for We're just sitting there staring at a blank wall. Where, I, where are you? Oh, I'm under my covers. Thank you very much. Because it's my Sabbath. It's my time to shut it down, turn off the phones, pull away, come together with people and say, I need to get freedom from being harassed and helpless. So he calls it being planted in the house of the Lord. We talk, we've been talking about it lately. A rose. All of us are so accustomed to a rose that's closed like this. But man, a real rose is opened. It's open and it's bloomed. When you see a rose, in front of my house, we have rose bush in the front. And when it's planted in the ground, a rose looks so much different. But Unfortunately, we've gotten committed to giving people closed roses. And we're like, oh, they're so beautiful. Oh, they're fabulous. Oh, this is the best present ever. But we don't want to be a closed bowl. We want to give an open rose. So when you're planted, 
You have to ask yourself, if I'm being properly pastored, it will determine your position in life. It'll determine where you are. That's what going to church is really about. So if you're, and I forgot to make the correction because we talked about this in Bible study. I talked about this with um, Sir. If you're a sheep, meaning you're connected in the body, you're part of the team, when you're planted, you grow. When you're a cut flower in a vase, you look pretty for a moment, but you're stuck, okay? Every plant needs water and sunlight, not S-U-N, but S-O-N, the Son of God. You need his light shining on you. And sometimes that light will shine on you and you'll go, oh, I didn't want anybody to see that part. That's not too pretty. And then sometimes you'll say, you know what? Oh, that's beautiful. But when I take your ugly and my beautiful or my beautiful and your ugly and we blend it together, I say, you know what? I'm here to help you. We're a body. So we connect. We connect when we come to church. We connect when I text you. We connect when you call. We connect when we email. We connect and say, you know what? Just wanted to remind you, you're not stuck. You're planted. I just want to remind you, you're here to grow. I'm not here to judge. I just wanted to remind you, if you do see some light and you don't like what you see or you think I'm going to look down on you, I'm not doing it to tear you apart. I'm doing it to say, oh, David, I'm just trying to show you this is what we're doing just to pull you out of the ugly and the weary and the frustrated and I don't know into the God knows. He's going to show us. We're going to do this together. So you need to be nourished and watered cut plant has been uprooted. They don't have that soil. Psalm 1, and I shall be like a tree planted, stuck down in the ground, down in the soil, with my roots going all the way down, and the river's stream flow by me, and I'm constantly refreshed. So when you come to church, you're like, I'm planted here. I have a place where I belong. You don't have to go to the river. The river's right here, and we're flowing through you. So we offer a Bible study. We offer a class. We offer a prayer call, or we offer this, or we offer that, or we text you, and we harass you and say, wear your shirts, and we offer you, and we say, this summer, we're going to do this, that. Why? Because we're trying to make sure you know that you have a place to go. You know you don't have to be perfect. You know you just still might make a mistake. You still might stumble, but guess what? If you want to get better, you have help. That's how you bloom. Next one. What type of pastors do you need? Everybody needs a different type of pastor, and everybody needs a deposit of power. Next one. I'm sorry, Nicole, because I can't push it with the button. I keep thinking my hand can do it. Ezekiel 44, 23. This was the commitment that God has. This is what pastors do. Doesn't always feel good, but this is the power of what they do. And the priests shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common or the profane and cause them to distinguish between the unclean and the clean. The difference, the living Bible says they'll know the difference between what is holy and what's secular. Message Bible. Their job is to teach my people how to discern how to think. Um, the other the translation, they must show the people how to tell the difference. But my, when I grew up, some of you guys know my mom was a writer and a producer for Motown, and so we grew up with a lot of artists, and we grew up, you know, like I remember being in the elevator one day after school with a man with tights and glitter all over himself and braids, and I was like, Mommy, why is this man dressed like it was Rick James? And she was like, shut up, don't, you know, don't say. But that was the reality, you know. I remember that for play, at, you know, at Motown, I used to go in the, um, the marketing room, and you could just sit in there and pull the CDs you want, and I really listened to music a lot as a child, but my mom, so when we got saved and she transitioned and she started writing gospel music, I remember that we stopped playing a lot of stuff and doing a lot of the other music. So I remember as I became like a teenager and I was really into music, she said, okay, I'm going to give you the three components of music because I want you 
to learn how to judge what you should listen to because that Raising Hell CD came, well, it was an album. I had an album, the uh, Run DMC, Raising Hell. And when that came out, I just thought my world had just begun. It was just that Raising Hell album was it. And it was my uh, Adidas. And I'd just be in my room just playing it. And I just loved it. So she was like, okay, 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 music lesson, sit down, sit down, sit down. So you have to judge the artist who's singing it. You have to judge the beat behind it. And you have to judge the lyrics that you're taking in. She said, those are the three components. Now, you know the word of God. You know what we believe. Now, let's look at the person delivering it. What kind of, what kind of image have they built up to portray? Let's listen at the beat because every beat drives you to different things. And so then we look at the, uh, the lyrics. Are the lyrics, she was causing me to make a call for myself. I'm not going to be in the car with you when you turn on the radio and you jamming with your friends and going to the game. But you have to learn to make the difference. Is it holy? Or is it profane? Is it common? Or is it, she said, now I can make the rules for my house because when you're in my view, we're not raising hell in here, okay? We've been trying to raise God. We're not raising hell. So I was like, I understand she made that real clear, okay? No more raising hell. Even though I hid it under my bed in between my mattress, she found it every time. We were not allowed to raise hell. But I also began to be, the thing was she was trying to raise a thinker. She wasn't trying to raise somebody that said, oh no, I can't do that. Why? I don't know. I just know I can't listen to that. All I know is that she said I can't go to LL Cool J concert. I don't know. I just, you know, but I knew she was trying to say, you know, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. And this is what you have to do. Does this line up with the word I'm teaching you? The older I got, honestly, no, it just feels so good. You know, well, it feels good, but what ultimately is the deposit being made into you? And then I began to think as an adult, Oh, okay, I got it. I see what you're saying. I don't, my flesh may not like it. And then when I got called to the ministry, I would be going out with my friends and putting on my heels and my makeup and stuff. And she was like, oh, y'all have a good time? You know, because I lived with her for five minutes. And y'all have fun? She said, don't forget the preacher. And I, I was like, oh, man, dang it. You know, the whole night was ruined because I had to remember there was something God was developing in me. And I don't want to remember it tonight, Lord. I just want to go to this party. It's a Kappa party, Lord. Don't you understand? And he was like, yeah, I do. But you, 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 you're being handpicked and being selected and put over here. So one night at Howard, I was like, look, I don't care. I'm just going to do what I, I was going to do, you know. And it's like, you know, and what happens when the word gets in you, you know it, but you're just like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And, and, and Amy, this was a Kappa party off campus. So we go and we drive, we get the directions, and we stop at the liquor store and get a little something-something, and we rolling through, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just drowning out God's voice, drowning out God's voice. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do my thing. And we get there, and we're just like, yeah. I'm Spike Lee's movie was out there, and we were just partying and partying. So my girlfriend said, let's go outside. We go outside. And I started, what, where are we? And I started looking around. I was like, why is there a cross? Are we, are we partying at a church? The campers rented the church. And I was just like, oh, I can't do it. I'll take the metro home. I can't. They were like, girl, you are crazy. I was like, I know enough to know. Getting my groove on and no, at a church, no. It's just the community center. God is on the property. I can't do it. I just can't. Peace out. I, wanna, I just want to be down, but I can't be. That's too down. That's just way too down. That is too common. That is too profane. So you just got to, you know, so I was just like, I can't do it. And I was home, like, going home. I was having so much fun. And God was like, you can't do what everybody else is doing. But it feels so good. It feels good now. But he was like, roll with me because the race is not given to the swift, but to the one who endures to the end. And then, you know, he pulled me out into full-time ministry. So moving right along. 
servant leaders. This is really interesting because one of the things that we say is we're not called to just pastor, but the type of pastors we are, are servant leaders. And I won't bore you with the, gar the, the jargon on the, the left, but I want to show you the trail of events. This is what happens when you have someone leading you who's also serving, and this is our goal line. This is what we remember. Number one, they have to listen to you. And sometimes we'll listen, and on the inside we'll be wanting to say, but blah, 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 blah. And sometimes God is like, shut it down. Today's job listen because we're walking we're walking with each other empathy we're not you know empathy is different well anyway empathy where we feel because we've been there a lot of times it's something about starting in your late 40s where you understand i've lived life i'm not perfect and i don't know everything but i can empathize because we we have battle scars okay healing we don't want you to stay in the area that we're empathizing with we just want you to know yes that's where you are but let me help you pull and come over here awareness okay stewardship we have to cover god's house okay we are the stewards here we have to answer we do have to answer for what we do now the next one's very important foresight foresight speaks to um a lot of times and we'll go into this later Later, you, you hear people, some people call themselves pastors, some people call themselves prophets, evangelists, but the prophet is always seeing future. The prophet, the prophet in you, and sometimes you can operate in the gift of prophet. And some people are like really big on, oh, I just want a word, and where, you know, somebody comes up to me and tells me, thus saith the Lord, you shall take two steps and get $100,000. Yeah! You know, and they want that, but it's deeper than that. It's about seeing future. Having the ability to have sight for not where you are now, but where you're going. And sometimes when you are under the mantle, not sometimes, I won't say sometimes, I will say, when you are on the mantle of shepherding people and living life with you and getting in your life, God will give you foresight. So he will make us say something that may not make sense to you, but it's because God will give us a glimpse of not where you are now, but he will give us a glimpse of where he's trying to take you. And that's part of the healing journey. And then conceptualization is there's something that I'm trying to do. There's a concept here that if you work with us, we will take this and move forward, okay? Persuasion. So then our job, which is probably easier for Pastor Daryl than for me, because a lot of my issues are roll around how I grew up with um, with being going through rejection and having, um, uh, what do you call it, um, um, yeah, ch yeah, whatever, you know, challenges with my hands and stuff and being the object of so much ridicule and wanting to fit in. And God would say, why do you think I made you and I put you in this particular body so that you don't fit in? So a lot of it is persuading you, okay? The Bible says don't invite people, don't put, he says compel people to get saved. And that's hard when you have to go and say, look, I'm compelling you to live right. I'm compelling you, I'm persuading you to do X, Y, and Z. And it's a commitment to growth with the people. Where we are, it's not where we're going. And we're building a community. We led a, a young man to the Lord the other day who I've known for a while, but we actually prayed the prayer, sinner's prayer with him, and we were like, Victor, June 3rd is your spiritual birthday. June 3rd, 2016, you won't be perfect, but June 3rd, 2016, you won't be who you are right now. I said, that I can guarantee you. I said, God is walking with you. God is building something in you, and that's what you have to realize when you're part of a church family. We're not perfect, where we are now, this is a tabernacle. This is temporary. God might speak tomorrow and say, finally, I've opened doors. We're putting money away. We're saving money so we can get another building. But for right now, this is you're just growing with the body where we are right now. Okay, next one. 
Are you, is this helping you? Does this make sense? Okay. How Hallel will build you prog progress. You can move through it. Pastoral mandate. We just talked about that. Teach the people what is holy, what is common and what is unholy. And the vision of the church. To disciple people, light bears, to change their environment. We're not trying to get you to just come in here and sit around. We want you to change. Change your what? Say this with me. Mindset mindset okay of how you view you come up take your view of you to a whole nother level our mission freely you receive freely you give we're our, that's our mission to go out go out and help people next slide this is you can keep going motivating it's a team that's why we call it team hallel because we're motivating you to do more this is um he matthew 5 14 through 6 this is our um, theme scripture you are the light of the world if you're a light before others, for people to see and glorify your God. You don't hide your light, let it shine. If I make you light bearers, shine. And that's where we get the kids' uh, name, light bearers. Let your light so shine before men so that they will see your moral excellence. Say moral excellence. Not your moral perfection, not your moral judgment. Well, you did X, Y, Z, and we're not trying to do, but your moral excellence where you came up. If you come up, somebody will be like, okay, I need to know, how did you figure that piece out? And you can tell them, dude, it wasn't easy, but it was about walking with God. Amen? Next slide. I can't see. How can you build Hallel? How can you build Hallel? Planning. Next one. Consider now the Lord has chosen you, you sitting in the seat, to build a house as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Be strong and do it. Be brave. Be determined and do it. Work hard. Next slide. It's about saying, you know what? If this is my community, if this is where God has chosen to fit me into a body where I come together with other people, I want to get in. And so we, we have started these groups just to start building. That's why you get on the phone so you know on the, uh, for the prayer call during the week. You can go to the next one. And that's why you know this is my community. These are the light bears. We're made, we don't need a lot of people in the picture to make it perfect, but we need you. We need you to know my child can grow up here. My life, if you're single, when I get married, my husband has a place to fit. When I get married, my wife has a place to go. Go to the next one. Everybody has a piece. We haven't had a chance to do anything specifically with the singles, but a lot of the singles do stuff within the Sons of Thunder and the Light Bears. We've only done one thing for the married couples, and we had a blast, but it's about building community, okay? This is what, oh, you can go back to that one. Team Builders Unite. So this is the thing. It's an upward slope. Bring your ideas. Stephanie, thank God she reminded me because we forgot to go to school. Bring your ideas to the pastors. Continue to give to God's house. Naoe had a great idea one time. She was like, uh, Pastor T, you keep saying we're a digital church and we want to reduce paper. How about we do jump drives? I didn't forget that because I was looking. She was like, how about we do jump drives? Everybody have a jump drive and we can figure out a way to download so that everybody has all their Bible study materials. And I was like, that's a great idea. How can we make it cost effective? How can we transfer the information? But that's a great idea showing up for gatherings when you just show up you never know who needs you okay look for ways to help be proactive you don't walk past something on the floor you pick it up because you're going up a notch you're being you're part of a community you own this place be patient during the growth say it with me be patient during the growth say it with me be patient during the growth okay we met a man at Costco last night he had this amazing boxing um um, uh, what do you call it, um, invention that he came up with. And he's like, I've already sold a couple hundred, but I need to put it in the thousands. And he was like, I got the people ordering have to be patient because I got to figure out 
you know, he said, I'm retiring next week, so I have more time. And he showed us a picture. He was like, the, I got I to gotta figure out, I'm a one-man show. I got to figure, figure out how to keep up with the growth. So we've actually surpassed, we're not perfect at all. But I will let you know, in the world of Churchville, where churches live, we've actually done some things that other churches haven't done after 10 years. So we have, you have to congratulate yourself. When we go outside the building, I have other people call us and say, you know what? I'm proud of you guys. Your people get, they like to do outreach. That's unbelievable. And some of you guys are like, I'd rather do outreach than come to church. But that's, you know, and that's awesome. Um, all superstars do what? Please exit the building. We'll hold the door open for you. Work in progress. This is a time to roll up your sleeves and build. Let's build something together, okay? Next one, and we're almost done. What's our building the brand theme for the year? Say it with me. Pray, worship, give, serve. Love, pray, worship, give, serve. That is our branding for this year. We've already done love. We've already done prayer. We're working on worship. We're about to bring somebody in um, from the East Coast to teach on worship. We're going to talk about giving, what it means to serve. But that's who we are. That's what we're doing this year. Next one. I think this is the end. This is leadership expectations because when you're a leader, some people may just be sitting in the pew. But this is how you know if you're a leader. Number one, if you're asked to come early because you have something to oversee. Number two, if you know that there's something in the building that's your responsibility. Number three is if you are adding to the body, if there's something you're doing. Not everybody is a leader, but if you are a leader, number one, we want you to have life balance. Say life ba balance. See those three points over there? What's the first one? Family, church, work. Family comes first, okay? Church is in their work, of course. You got to make a living. And then we expect you to do tithing, to give your talents and your time. You just got to give your time. We don't ask for all your time, but those should be three things that you should understand is what leaders do, okay? Consistent study of the Word of God. You have to attend Sunday services, attend midweek services, attend a rehearsal sometimes. Sometimes you have to let the pastors. It's so awesome. It's summertime. Families are tra traveling. The Baileys are traveling. Sister Claire is traveling and they're like look the, we, they don't say may I go on vacation please pastor do we have that no that's not our choice but it's so cool when you say hey pastor I'm going on vacation this is the dates I'm going to be gone number one we need to pray for you while you're gone sir's whole family is going to Chi-Town his wife is shooting in the hood and there's a lot of shooting also going on. So we need to make sure they're, pray they're covered spiritually and we're praying for them while they're gone. But we also understand, hey, that means nobody's going to play the bass. But we're praying and we hope that you go away and come back rejuvenated, okay? Next time. Next slide. How will we deal with problems? And this is, I'm done with this one. How will we deal with problems? Because somebody say problems arise. Problems arise. Say it louder. Problems arise. Anybody have a problem-free life? Hands? People? No? Okay. I'll ask you again. Anybody got a problem-free life? If you do have a problem-free life, let me know how to give it. I feel like Joel Osteen. If you're just happy all the time, lift your hands and say thank you. Okay. I was, I, that's no slight on him, but okay. He's just a happy guy. So Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is one's glory to overlook an offense. Amplify. Good sense makes a man restrain his anger. Message Bible. Whew. Forgive and forget, forgive and forget. New Living Translation, sensible people earn respect by overlooking wrongs. The Living Bible, a wise man overlooks insults. This is to his credit. Nobody's perfect. Remember I talked about Northside Hospital? 
and the, the, um, you know, the lady messing up the car seat, she wasn't gonna destroy the whole rep. Bad stuff happens, we're blow it, we're perfect people. If you cut me, I will bleed everywhere. We're just people, but we're also called by God, trying desperately. Now, one thing I can say, Hallel is not perfect, but one thing I can say, if Pastor Daryl, God forbid that he was hitting me, if Pastor Daryl had a chick on the side, if I was blowing up the money, trust me, you need to be comfortable, because you know that happens with pastors, amen? You know that stuff happens. Um, you have to know that we have people that keep us in line. You have to know that if we start slipping and dipping and tripping, there's somebody that'll say, okay, um, Hallel, hi, I'm Bishop Thompson. Daryl will not be joining you this Sunday because um, I have him strung up by his neck in the bathroom. So moving right along, you have to know we are submitted to somewhere. When we, like every October, it's on the calendar. We are with our bishop. We call him on the phone. They ask us questions. Pastor Yvonne, she is like Teresa, and she does that finger, she's Teresa. Are you happy? Is everything okay? Listen to me, because if you're not, they're trying to avoid the fall. They're trying to avoid our fall, because if we get, un if our marriage gets rocky, your marriage will get rocky. If we start tripping, you'll start tripping, because it starts at the head and trickles down. So the best thing for you to know is, one, we're not perfect, but two, we're submitted to somebody that gets into the deepness of our business, okay? And they ask us hard questions, and that's good that they do. I had a call last night from one of my mentors, somebody that I'm submitted to, and I was like on the phone going, seriously? 10 o'clock at night, you're asking me these hard questions? And I wanted to just say, boo, I'm not feeling you right now. I don't want to answer, but I had to put all my notes aside, and I had to shut it down and say yes. Okay, mm-hmm. All right. Well, can I, okay, no, not right now. Okay, well, then I'll wait for you to finish, and I'll listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this thing about the church, well, this thing, I had to answer hard questions. But when I hung up the phone, I was like, that's good for the people of Hallel that I just had this conversation because it makes us pay attention better, and it makes us know that we have to answer to somebody. This is not just for the house, but this is for you. This helps you get through life right here. Address, uncover, communicate, forgive. Say it with me. Address, uncover, communicate, forgive. Address it. Don't keep saying there's an elephant in the living room. An elephant? I don't see it. Is it pink, blue, or is it green with yellow polka dots? I don't know because I don't see an elephant in the living room. Address it. Deal with it. Uncover it. Say, look, this is what's going on. And then communicate. And communication sometimes has to go back and forth. But ultimately forgive. Even if it's the resolve is not like the best resolve and it's like you know what even if it's like we're going to have to part ways but make sure that it's peace in the midst okay and make sure you're on the same accord Matthew 18 15 through 17 that's the order that we will follow if there's problems you can never assume that I know what problem exists on your end you got to tell me um I, uh, uh, Friday night me and two other girlfriends and I'm done uh, we got together this is just a breakdown of the five points that I went through. We got together and the three of us, we realized the last time we were together was at my wedding six years ago, but we didn't really get to hang. So the last time we were really, really together and got to hang out was 15 years ago. And we're just different people now. We're just really, really different people. Um, and so we had to, you know, play catch up and everything like that. So they were just like, oh, whatever happened to this person? Oh, whatever happened? To, well, what did I, and this thing, and we were just bringing up, like you're trying to catch up 15 years in, in a small amount of time. And one of my girlfriends said, you know what? My philosophy is, and I was like, what? Cause you're gonna tell me anyway, she said, girl, if I don't know, you can't hold me, it hold it against me. And I was like, bam, there it is. Because you really can't. She's like, if they don't talk to me no more and they never told me, 
you know, and I try to ask, and you don't want to talk to me, there's nothing I can do. But I will be open whenever you do. She, you know, she was able to say that we met with her on Friday, and she used to live in LA, and she's, she moved away. And she said, on Thursday night, I went to dinner with another friend that used to hang with us. She said, and we realized she thought I was mad at her. I thought she was mad at me. Then we realized it was just life. Life just, life got in the way. So we just want you to know Instead of a message, we just wanted to, before you wrap up, and I'm gonna um, pray over you, and then you're free to go. But we just want you to know why you go to church. There's a lot of reasons why, because you don't wanna stay the way you are. You wanna get to a place where you learn how to naturally operate in the supernatural. And we may, you might have a car seat uh, occurrence at Hallel. It's just gonna happen. Where you're like, is this really, really? This is what happened? Yeah, you might have that. But ultimately, one thing I can say, I may not have liked the way they helped us or didn't help us, failed to help us put the car seat in, but I can tell you that my surgery went okay. <laughs> I was taking my baby home. So really, at the end of the day, if she flies out of the window, they got the baby out of me. I mean, what can I say? Okay, that was not a good point, but okay. So see, that's the concept. You say stuff over the microphone, and it's like, imagine if your life was like that, where you had stuff recorded, and people can go back and get sound bites, and it's scary doing this. Like, there is anxiety getting up and speaking, because you're like, I might say one thing and mean it this way, but say it this way, and then people are like, I ain't never coming back. Okay, bye, because it was a mistake. Okay, you don't want to hear me? Okay, bye. Or somebody may pull a sound bite out 10 years from now and say, when you started a church, you said this. Then you, you were in the middle of church, you said that. And so none of your stuff matches. I'm gone. Okay, bye. There's some stuff we just won't be able to answer everything. But the best thing that we can tell you is, behind closed doors, we're, we're really, our goal is to live godly. We're not trying to live opposite of what we're telling you. And integrity is the goal. Not perfection, but integrity. Amen. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's real. Each of us, that's real. Amen. Yeah. It is. Um, it is. <laughs> that's real. My bishop said that the other day. He said the best way you serve is to just be quiet and sometimes just soak stuff in, you know. Um, and as a pastor, we just wanted to say one that we know a lot of people don't believe in female pastors, but voila, um, you know. So that's what that's who we are. We're male pastor and female pastor. And as a pastor, we just I want Sister Claire to stand up and Sir to stand up, and you guys can represent your families and traveling. Um, and then we'll pray over you and the kids. They're heading to Seattle, um, and Rod is actually in Seattle now. Sir, half his family, they're all on different flights. And you know the Baileys roll deep, but they won't be rolling deep on the airplane. So we want to cover them and just really celebrate when you make it back home. And we'll be here for you. We want you to be refreshed. We want you to have a wonderful trip and know that behind you, you have a, a, a group of people. We're not big, but we're mighty, and we love you, and we thank you for your service in the house of God. So, Father, first of all, we thank you for this time to speak to the body, this time to encourage people, and to explain to them why we're here, Lord, to explain to them why we're here, to explain why we encourage them to come on Sundays, Lord. We thank you for the new people in our midst. We thank you for Amy, Lord, and after sitting down talking to her, realizing we have all these other connections that we just would have never understood unless we sat down and talked it out. Lord, we thank you for, um, man, Lord, I thank you for Stephanie Ortiz. She doesn't even understand how she blessed me this week. 
she's been rolling with us for a while and she said some things to me yesterday just in her soft funny voice and and she just made me <laughs> she just you know and da, 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 da. but she really just blessed me because um she she acknowledged that there's a community here and we do the unique and she appreciates that so we thank god for her lord i could name and say something precious about everybody here lord i thank you for david and Natoya being here they've only been with us a couple times but lord we pray for their family we hope that we can be a family to them and build a community to encourage them and love them and support them lord and persuade them to live higher with god lord i lift up sister claire the palmers i lift up the babies going with her lord i pray that she will bring such a sweet anointing to her family in Seattle, Lord, that they will be energized and encouraged because of her presence, Lord. We lift up Joe when she goes and speaks to her, Lord. We lift up um, Naila and Sean in safe passageway. We cover Rod while he's on the road, Lord. Um, and we thank you, Lord, that she is going to return home refreshed. We pray that her body is blessed, that her knees and everything operating in her is covered, Lord. We lift up Sir every dream, Lord. He's on the precipice. Lord, of greatness with a choice in his company. Lord, you are doing extraordinary things in him, but we lift up his wife as she's working in Chicago and their family trying to make it work and visit and, and do all these things. We lift up Yair, we lift up Safia, we lift up Aswaria, Lord. We lift up Auntie Janet as she travels with them, Lord. We speak life and protection, Lord. So many people are dying in Chicago. Stray bullets, none will find you. You will bring healing to that city, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. Peace, 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 peace. Be whole. Be whole. Be whole. Lord, let the people know they have a family here. Let them know that we love them. Lord, I thank you for Naoe who has been walking with me for some, such time, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that she is covered here. That she's covered here. That her heart, Lord, she's been through so much transition. Her heart is covered. Bless the people. Bless the people, Lord. Bless the people. We speak a blessing over you to eradicate every curse. Lord, I pray for Stephen, um, even though he's playing, Lord, as he boards the plane and goes to Brazil, Lord, I speak covering over him for the weeks that he'll be gone, for the time that he will be traveling, Lord. I speak a, um, an eye-opening discovery of your future, that God will speak to your relationship and refresh you and refuel you. You have served in God's house. And so I ask that God will bless you during your trip and give you all that you need and show you a glimpse. He's never going to show you the whole thing, but a glimpse to let you know what direction to walk in. And as we close, as the children and the light bearers are being now taught, Lord, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. As Ebony travels, cover her, Lord. Everyone has decisions to make. The summer can be a time of transition, but bless them indeed, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Bless this body. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day. Be encouraged. <laughs>